give before we go further. Uh, we'll continue to extend our love and support to Kent and Chantal and their family. And if you weren't able to give an offering last week for some reason for them, you can still do that. Just use one of the giving the offering envelopes and indicate that it's for Kent and Chantel for expenses that they incurred here this last while. And uh, so we'll receive them this Sunday as well. Um, it's the, the normal type things. We do have a meal this Sunday after church. We want to welcome you for that. Adon and Maria are preparing that. Uh, Wednesday night we'll have our regular activities going on. We have a future event here with a baby shower for Abby. Kudli and her new baby, and please uh, talk to Carla Mandrell about that. If you, uh, she sent out an email, she just needs to confirm that you got the email, and if you have any more questions, just to let her know that you will be there and so forth. And um, yes, if you have any fish, we're looking to have a fish fry coming up at some point here. The last Sunday. Is that for sure? Uh, talk to Danny Fisher about that, if you have fish that you could give for that. I think that's it for announcements. If you, if you don't receive the announcements online, you would like to, just get us your email, get it to Pastor Dean, and uh, we'll send those out to you. Um, this morning, as we were sharing about earlier, um, I had a message, prepared a different message, but uh, I felt that it wasn't the one for today. It just wasn't there. My heart wasn't there. My heart has been on some heavenly things, I guess you could say, and on the Lord and heaven and so forth. And, you know, heaven's a good thing to, to talk about, too, isn't it? It's our destination. You know, when you're going to go somewhere, Sarah and her family, Andrew, they invited us to come along with them on a trip to Branson in April. And uh, we've got... Uh, Stuff we're looking at about Branson, you know, brochures and everything. It's, that's part of the fun of it, is the anticipation yes. of going and the different things. There's a whole page of food and restaurants. <laughs> that's definitely anticipation. Oh, Your yeah. mouth starts to salivate, or salivate, or salivate, salivate, or how do you say it? Elevate. I think we need a lesson. I think we need a lesson. <laughs> but anyway, this morning we're going to just have a little brochure on heaven and, and just talk about that a little bit. Um, the last time I really did that much talking about heaven was, uh, I'll mention it different times and you know that because I'm sure many of you have loved ones, maybe even in the last year that have gone home. 
we say gone home to be with the Lord. And uh, the last time I had a series on it was 16 years ago. That's when my dad went, went home to be with the Lord. And uh, so it just happened last week when we were in our prayer times for, for Mathis, well, I, I just accidentally or just stumbled upon, you might say, that album that had the six, I had six Sundays I talked about heaven. And here it was, it just was there. And I've been listening to it. Actually, there were cassettes. I do still have a cassette player, so I've been listening to those. <laughs> and uh, so it's, stirred up some things in me and actually I used a book and I'm going to read some from that and Joyce is going to read a little bit from the book Heaven is for Real Heaven is for Real um, Do you have something at this point you want to share? Maybe? Just it on Pull it off Okay Um, when we were worshiping, I remembered this scripture from Ephesians 3.21 because it, it's this connection between us and our loved ones in heaven. And I remember I, I started to see that. It was like t two years ago, my mom uh, transitioned to heaven. And Ephesians 3.21 says, to him be glory in the church by Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. To the Father God be glory in the church. And in the Greek, that word is ecclesia. It's the saints on earth and the saints in heaven. So glory be to God in the church by Christ Jesus forever and ever. We're connected with giving glory to God. We're saints here, and there's our loved ones, saints in heaven. So I love that connection. So now as we share about heaven, uh, we each will picture someone differently. Maybe for us that were here yesterday, that little casket. We still have um, Mathis in our picture, but other loved ones. So, yes. thank you, Lord. Amen. By the way, I know we have some visitors here today. This is my wife, Joyce. <laughs> Just to let you know that. Um, Praise God. I think I'm going to read just a little bit from this book. It's one that was written in 1898, actually, or originally, that's when. But this is an updated, or not updated so much, but it was published later. It does have a reference from Billy Graham in it, where he says it captures biblical truths with emotional expressions. And it's about a lady who was between life and death for 
some time and then she experienced these things. Um, and she wrote them down. And, and it was, the, the name of the book is My Dream of Heaven by Rebecca Springer. But this will give just some glimpses. Here's that brochure you might say maybe, a way to say it. What a scene it was, and here she was in heaven. And I, as I looked, and my eyes rested upon the soft, fragrant cushion of a secluded area that was away, away, far beyond the limit of my vision. And I well knew, stretched in this wonderful place of perfect grass and flowers, out of it grew equally wonderful trees whose drooping branches were laden with exquisite blossoms and fruits of many kinds. Many kinds of fruit. You know, I've said this before, probably you heard me say it, but I'll say it again, that I believe that many of the things we have here on earth we will be seeing there in yes. heaven as well. Um, but I found myself thinking of John's vision on the Isle of Patmos when he talked of the tree of life that grew in the midst of the garden, bearing twelve manner of fruit, and whose leaves were for the healing of the nations. And beneath the trees in many happy groups were little children, laughing and playing, running hither and thither in their joy, and catching in their tiny hands, the bright winged birds that flitted in and out among them as though sharing in their sports as they doubtless were. And uh, I can picture, I can imagine Mathis doing that uh, freely. Kent was telling us the other day we were sitting in their living room area and there were two, there's two couches, one on each side of it, big couches. And he said that Mathis, they had a game they'd play, he had a football and he would lead him, he would lead him just enough with the football that he could catch it and then he'd fall into the couch and then he'd come and do it the other way, to the other couch, back and forth. And I can just see him here it looks like they were catching the birds. I don't know, I like guess it was catch and release, probably. <laughs> but uh, do you have something well, there I can go on? That's true. In the, in the different books I've read on heaven, the children playing was a, is always a common thing. Playing in the river of life, in the water, but playing on the bottom of the river of life, just like it was the ground, <laughs> playing high in trees, jumping off cliffs, and it's a game because they're caught. Somehow they're caught and then they go back over and, and I just like thinking, you think about your kid is rambunctious here on earth or like one of your Van Tassel boys growing up? I mean, in heaven, we don't lose that. <laughs> 
maybe some of us will even try some things that we didn't do here on Earth. Uh, so lots of play, lots of swimming, boating, fishing. Uh, these, these books that I've read, these people that have seen heaven have seen all of that. Picnicking, um, just lots of that. So this is from this little boy, Colton Burpo, when he was three years old and ten, three years, 10 months old, he had a burst appendix. Um, he ended up, it was on a vacation, so they were in a, a hospital in Sioux Falls, South Dakota for his surgery. And during that time, he experienced heaven. So picture a little boy. This is what he describes. He says, and this was three years later that he began to talk about it to his parents. They didn't know he had experienced any of this. So Colton says he saw the gates of heaven. They were made of gold, and there were pearls on them. And the heavenly city was made of something shiny, like gold or silver. And the flowers and trees in heaven were beautiful. And there were animals of every kind. And I went online. He's like, wow, this was 2003. In, as he's been older, um, he remembers most of this stuff. He said, I, I think about any animal we have on earth, it's in heaven. It's like, why would God make them just for earth? So um, animals of every kind, he saw Jesus with his horse, and his horse had, its mane was rainbow. And in the children's book that right now, Kathy Cootley is sharing with um, the children, Heaven is Real. It's written the same one for children. All of the illustrations in there were guided by and approved by Colton as accurate. And so if you look in there, you'll see Jesus with his white horse with the mane, Penny would like this, and Clementine, rainbow colors. Isn't that cool? <laughs> so anyway, we'll go back to you. Is this, would this be a good place to show that picture of Jesus? Sure. Yeah. Do you have that picture, Ambie? We could put that up there. So. How, um, how many saw that movie? I could only imagine. Or what, no, that that wasn't the name. Um, Heaven is for real. Yeah. How many? Okay. So. So this says nearly three years since Colton's surgery. Um, during that time, they had literally looked at dozens of portraits of Jesus, thinking maybe one of them would be close to who, Jesus, who Colton saw as Jesus in heaven. And um, it was, yeah, three years later, his dad was on the computer and saw a short clip about a 
girl who also, when she was four years old, began to have visions of heaven. The narrator said that uh, Akiana's mother was an atheist at the time, and God had never been discussed in their home. And yet this little four-year-old girl began to have visions of heaven. The family did not watch television, and she wasn't attending any kind of preschool at the time. And yet this little girl began to tell her mother about stories of heaven, and then she began to draw them and paint them. Slowly, her mom began to experience that her daughter's visions were real, and therefore, God must be real. So as Colton's father was looking on the computer, he saw this portrait of Jesus that Akane painted when she was eight years old. When he saw it, he said, Colton, I want you to come down here. Look, look at this. I want you to look at this. And uh, because Colton had looked at so many portraits, her, his dad says, so Colton, look at this one. This one you haven't seen. What's wrong with this one? Because that's what he always would say. That's wrong. That's wrong. What's wrong with this one, Colton? There was utter silence. My seven-year-old then turned to look at me, and he said, Dad, that one's right. So thank you, Lord. Yes, that's the painting she did at the age of eight, having experienced heaven already at the age of four. So she painted that when she was eight? Eight years old. I'm going back here now to Rebecca Springer and her vision or dream <clears throat> of heaven. And uh, she began to be escorted by her brother-in-law who had passed on before her. His name was Frank. And uh, they came... Oh, wait, i got to say one more thing. Um, Akani said... This is what she experienced when she had visions of heaven. She said, all the colors in heaven are out of this world. There are hundreds of millions of more colors we don't know yet. For those of us that are artists, okay, you can go. So Frank was showing her different things and then he came to the house that was being prepared for her in heaven. And uh, he, she said, is this beautiful place indeed, indeed to be my home, I asked? As well as my emotion would allow, I asked. Yes, dear, he replied. I built it for you, and my brother, his brother, of course, was... Uh, Rebecca's husband, and I assure you, it has been a labor of love. Just note some of the things as I'm reading yes. this, you know, I, yes. as I've also said before, we aren't just going to be floating around on clouds playing harps. 
Maybe somebody really likes to play the harp and they'll do that quite a bit. I don't know, but, <laughs> but some of you like to do carpentry. Yeah, that's right. You can learn from the master carpenter, the carpenter of carpenters, the Lord Jesus. But uh, it is your home, and I'm to stay with you. I said, a little confused. No, it's your home, and I'm to stay with you till my brother comes. Always, dear brother, always, I cried, clinging to his arm. He smiled and he said, we will enjoy the present. We will never be far apart again. But come, I am eager to show you all. Turning to the left, he led me through the beautiful marble columns that everywhere seemed substitute tooted for doorways into a large oblong room upon whose threshold I stopped in wondering delight. The entire walls and floor of the room were still of that exquisite light gray marble polished to the greatest luster, but over the walls and floors were strewn exquisite long-stemmed roses of every variety and color from the deepest crimson to the most delicate shades of pink and yellow. Come inside, said my brother. Well, I do not wish to crush those perfect flowers, I answered. Well, then suppose we gather some of them. I stooped to take one from the floor close to my feet, when lo, I found it was embedded in the marble. I tried another with the same astonishing results. Then turning to my brother, I said, what does it mean? You surely do not tell me that none of these are natural flowers. And he nodded his head with a pleasant, pleased smile, and then he said, This room has a history. Come in and sit with me here upon this window seat where you can see the whole room, and let me tell you about it. I did as he desired, and he continued, one day, as I was busily working upon the house, a company of young people, boys and girls, came to the door and asked if they might enter. I gladly gave assent, and then one of them said, Is this house really for me, Mr. and Mrs. Sprague? It is, I answered. <clears throat> we used to know and love them. They are our friends, and our friends of our parents. We want to know if we may do something to help you make it beautiful. Indeed you may, I said, touched by the request. What can you do? We are, we're here at the time and looking about, one of them asked, may we beautify this room? Undoubtedly, I said, wondering if they would try, what they would try to do. At once the girls, all of them, had immense bunches of roses in their hands, and they began to throw the flowers abroad over the floor against the walls. Wherever they struck the walls, they, to even my surprise, remained as though in the same place permanently attached. When the roses had all been scattered, the room looked just as it does now, only the flowers were really fresh gathered roses. Then the boys each produced a small case of delicate tools, and in a moment all the boys and girls were down upon the marble floor, busy at work. How they did it, I do not know. It is one of the 
arts, celestial arts, taught to those of highly artistic tastes, but they embedded each living flower just where and as it had fallen in the marble and preserved it as you see it before you. They came several times before the work was completed, for the flowers do not wither here nor fade, but were always fresh and perfect. And such a merry, happy company of young people I never saw before. They laughed and chatted and sang as they worked, and I could not help wishing more than once that the friends whom they had left mourning for, the, for them might look in upon this happy group and see how little cause they had for sorrow. At last, when all was complete, they called to me to see their work, and I was not low in my praise of either of the beauty of the work nor the skill in performing it. They then saying they would be sure to return when either of you came, they went away together to do something of the kind elsewhere, I doubt not. Happy tears had been dropping upon my hands, clasped idly in my lap during much of this narrative. Now I asked half broken, brokenly, for I was greatly touched, who were these lovely people, Frank? Do you know them? Of course, I know them. But they were all strangers to me till they came here the first morning. Who are they? Well, there were three Marys, Mary Green, Mary Bates, Mary Chalmers, and Lulu Sprague, and May Camden. These were the girls, each lovely and beautiful. The boys, all manly, fine fellows, were Carol Ashland, Stanley, and David Chalmers. Precious children, I said. How little I thought my love for them in the olden days would ever bring me this added happiness here. How little we know of the links between the two worlds. You know, that, that sticks out to me too. How little we know of the links between the two worlds. You know, I've often said, I sometimes, you know, we don't know where heaven is exactly, but sometimes I've had that thought, it really isn't that far away. It's in a different dimension, but maybe not that far in some sense. You know, when Stephen was stoned, he opened his eyes, and there he saw right there. And of course, we know that we are spirit beings ourselves. Did you know that? You know, we live in these physical bodies. Mathis's spirit left his body. That's why what we call physical death. But we are in the spirit realm all the time because we are spirit. And the Holy Spirit dwells within us. Yes. So we are new creatures in Christ Jesus, and we are now really dwelling in the spirit realm. And we are seated in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus right now. And it's from that place, and we could say that place of authority, that we pray, and we can pray for other people. But how little we know of the links binding the two worlds. Hebrews 12.1 talks about being surrounded by so great a cloud of witnesses. And you know the Bible also talks about 
being heavenly minded, to having our mind and thoughts on the things of heaven. And that heaven like we're reading about today, but you could also say the spirit realm. We can get so focused on the cares and concerns of this natural realm that it's not good. It quenches out the word it can. But here's that exhortation to have our thoughts on the things of the spirit, the spirit realm. Amen? Amen. Did you have something you want to read now? It reminded me of, again, this is Colton, the four-year-old, when you were taught, okay, I'll just read parts that I have underlined. It has to do with our connection with um, God, and specifically, you'll understand when I start to read parts of this. Um, Colton's mom said, you know how daddy preaches every week? Um, Colton's father was a pastor. She said, I think we should pray for him that he'll get a good lot of study time this week so he can give a good message in church on Sunday morning. Colton looked at her and said the strangest thing. I've seen power shot down to daddy. His mother said, what do you mean, Colton? Well, Jesus shoots down power for daddy when he's talking. Yeah, at church, when he's telling Bible stories to people. I like that. But we might be at Walmart. We might be at the gas station pumping gas. Wherever we are, we can have that same thing. The Holy Spirit, there's a prompting, there's an unction. It's like he's shooting down his power for that particular moment, for Jeshua, for whatever. And most likely, it's because you're with someone. And he needs your mouth. He needs your touch for whoever you're with. Chris at the school. Gus at the school. So thank you, Lord. So he's here right now. Yes, absolutely. Talk, I'll just, I was wondering if I should share this. Just the thought just came. By the way, this is all unrehearsed. I mean, this is, if it seems like it's coming across that way a little bit, that's because it is. He asked me before we went out the door at home <laughs> to come here. Well, I knew my heart wasn't with the message that was there for the day, and I know this is from my heart, our hearts. And, uh, but anyway, there was a funeral that I was officiating at, I was speaking at a few months ago, and I was standing before the people, and a friend of mine from Bemidji was in the audience, and he, he, he said he's watched the video of it 22 times, he said, of the message of, of this uh, service. But he said, when, and he was in the audience that day, uh, and I started talking about this. I said, Jesus is here right now. You know, at a funeral, you're 
bring comfort. You want to bring comfort and the peace of the Lord to people. And I said, Jesus is here right now with us. And uh, his presence is here. It says in the Bible that where two or more are gathered in my name, there am I in the midst of you. I'm among you. And he says, when I, when I said that, he saw this huge light behind me. And uh, I don't know if that was, I don't know what that was. He didn't know. He thought it was an angel maybe, mm -hmm. but um, it could have been the Lord's manifestation of something there too, but light. You know, he is light. Did you know that he's here right now? Do you know that? Do you realize yes. it? But you know yes. what? He's within you. He's with you all the time. Wherever you are, wherever you go, he leads you and guides you and directs you Absolutely. where you go. Don't doubt that. Have a confidence in his leading in your life. I met a young guy this morning who flew in from Washington State to the airport in Bemidji. He had a job, a couple weeks job up by Baudet, by Baudet. And he just drove past, he saw the church, the sign and stuff out here. And something inside of him just said, go back there, you all the way from Baudette? Did you come all the way from there this morning? And uh, so he's with us, Darwin. And I just happened to go up to him like I do a lot before service, just to greet whoever's here a little early. and. Uh, He's from probably, that's the Reformed Church, right? Reformed Church people come early to church, usually. <laughs> a lot of us, we haven't learned that yet here, but we are what we are. This is northern Minnesota, right? So Steve's addressing his mother. Um, his mom and dad pastored in Reformed churches. So that's why he's making that little Yeah, that's true. Reference. Glad you clarified things. Yeah. <clears throat> but anyway, the Lord was leading you. So I went up and greeted Darwin. He says, well, I'm just going to be here a few weeks uh, <clears throat> from Washington State. I said, oh, where in Washington State? Well, just a little town up there in the northwest corner. I said, oh, what's the name of the town? Linden. And I said, oh... I know people there. I know that town pretty good. You know Chuck Klein Hesselink? He says, yeah, he was my pastor for 15 years. <laughs> I like it. <laughs> Chuck was my roommate. I just talked with Chuck for about a half hour two days ago. Yes. He, he is pastored there. He just retired. But uh, he was praying for me for yesterday. Yes. I prayed for him. He just had a funeral not too long ago, and I was especially praying for him for that. And uh, but that don't doubt that guidance, that inner witness, that inner witness. That's what that was, Darwin. That yeah, I'm going to follow that. I'm going to do that. Right. It's a thought that comes yes. so often. He's in us. He's with yes. us. You're walking and talking with him. We're yes. we're living in the supernatural. That's where we're walking and living as believers, as Christians. That's where we're at. Mm -hmm. Did you have more there or not? What time um, is it? I'm just going to insert this. This is, again, Colton. Um, 
There was one consistent theme coming from this four-year-old. He talked constantly about how much Jesus loves the children. I mean that, constantly. He would wake up in the morning and tell me, hey, Dad, Jesus told me to tell you he really loves the children. Over dinner at night, remember, Jesus really loves the children. Before bed, as I helped him brush his teeth, hey, Daddy, don't forget, he'd say, garbling the words through a mouthful of toothpaste foam, Jesus, he said, he really, really loves the children. I love that. <laughs> now, we read that yesterday at oh. Mathis's service. It was that scripture where parents were bringing children to Jesus. They wanted to bring them to Jesus so he could lay hands on them. And he was holding them in his arms and blessing them. But the disciples said, no, get away from Jesus. You know, they were trying to keep him away. And it says, Jesus strongly rebuked them. And he says, let all of the little children come yeah. to me. For yes. if such is the kingdom of God. Yes. Simple childlike faith. <laughs> and that's how we're to live. Yes. Simple childlike faith. Yes. Yes. The Lord wants you to have confidence as you're yes. with him. You're in his word. It's so important to stay in his word. That's what it's founded on. That's what Dan and Paula were exhorting me this morning. It's standing on the Word of God. That's what we do. Not on anything else. Even the experiences of life that seem contrary to it, what do we do? We stand on the Word. Absolutely. Right? Absolutely. As we do that, then things in our heart, the thoughts will come. If they aren't contrary to the Word, that's an indicator. If they are, then that's not from God. But if it's not contrary to love, go for it. And see, over time, your confidence grows. I have a sense that with Darwin, his confidence has grown over the years that he would do that, he would follow that. Here he is for just a couple of weeks, all the way up in Baudette, and he comes all the way back here. We're going to have lunch together in just a little bit. We're going to enjoy Adana Maria's Mexican food awesome. together. And we're going to talk about Chuck and about <laughs> a bunch of other stuff. So the prompting of the Holy Spirit, I'm just going to give an example of yesterday. I wanted to, for yesterday, every one of you that had a part, and you all had a part, if you walked through those doors, it was something, somehow, I, it's like I could just sense the prayers, the prayers, the prayers um, through the, and there were many that weren't here that sent texts, were praying, were praying. But um, one of the things was the family visitation began at nine. Funeral director came through the doors with that little casket, 8.30, prepared things, nine o'clock the family, and about, I think, 9.30, a couple came in, an older couple. I pretty much know Kent and Chantel's family because it's their fifth funeral, their fifth little child in four years, special needs children, um, that we've been a part of those funerals. But this one, 
um, I usually greet the people, and we were in the foyer, and they said they were relatives. And I waited just a little, and they said they were Mathis's grandparents. And what it was, they, Hang years ago. Abby, why don't you put Mathis's picture up there? I think it's yes. somewhere on there. This is the boy, some of you may not remember him um, as well. Years ago, they had adopted a, a, a daughter from the country of India. That daughter was Mathis's mother. But when he was born, she gave birth to him. Her parents, the, the, the couple that were there here in our foyer, became his main caregivers. I don't know why she no longer was in the picture. I don't understand that. But um, he weighed three and a half pounds. And in the first four months of his life, he had three surgeries, including open heart surgery. And they were his caregivers. When he was at home, they kept him in a car seat, which they placed in a crib. He was too small, too fragile to, to even be laid out in a crib. And so I saw what the Holy Spirit was doing. There was a connection there. I knew nothing. I didn't know them. But the Holy Spirit in me was prompting me to connect with them. And I'm thankful now for that. They left right after the funeral. They, they're from Michigan, right? Uh, Wisconsin. Wisconsin. They live on Lake Michigan. They live on by Lake. Manitowoc. But anyway, I knew, and I, they were my prayer assignment. They, I got them comfortable at the coffee bar. They sat there a lot. They weren't a part of the other family things going on. There was a connection, but when he got um, adopted out, anyway, there's some... So they enjoyed our coffee bar for a long time, but what happened was they were sitting right there where, like where Jason and Michelle Bush are sitting, and I was looking through the window there during the service. It was my prayer assignment, and I pray in the Spirit. <laughs> so they were the ones that, it, and I could just see the ministry of Holy Spirit on behalf of the Father God's heart to them, because they had not seen Mathis for many years. Once he had been removed from a particular adopted home and then placed with Kent and Chantel, they adopted him. So what I'm saying is even when it's strangers, they're not a stranger to the Holy Spirit. And he's trying to tell you, I know them, but I need you. <laughs> I need you, Dane. I need you, Becky. I need you. I need you to be this connection. So we release this, Father, in Jesus' name, even now, Father, that will be more alert to your love, wanting to flow through us, Lord, whether it's a prayer, whether it's a touch, whether it's words, whether it's action. Thank you, Lord. We're yours. 
were yours, but we thank you for that fresh reminder in Jesus' name. Thank you, Lord. Yes. Dane and the band, could you come up? Call you a band today. <laughs> and we're going to get ready to sing. There's. Why don't you just go ahead? There's one last thing that um, Colton, it was Easter, and they were talking about the cross, and um, his older sister said, um, no, or she said, yeah, Good Friday, that's the day Jesus died on the cross. He says, yep, that's right, Cassie, but do you know why Jesus died on the cross? When she didn't come up with the answer right away, I, the father, said, Colton, do you know why Jesus died on the cross? He nodded, surprising me a bit. Okay, why? Well, Colton said, Jesus told me he died on the cross so that we could go see his dad. Thank you, Lord. And I'll just finish with one last thing in this book from Springer. <clears throat> uh, we had just read, precious, she said, precious, these, she's talking about these children that had died and that she had known and she that had done this work with the roses inlaid. Uh, precious children, I said, how little I thought my love for them in the olden days would ever bring to me this added happiness here. How little we know of the links between the two worlds. Ah, yes, said my brother. That is just it. Listen close to this. That is just it. How little we know. If only we could realize while we are yet mortals that day by day we are building for eternity. How different our lives in many ways would be. Every gentle word, every generous thought, every unselfish deed, will become a pillar of eternal beauty in the life to come. We cannot be selfish and unloving in one life and generous and loving in the next. The two lives are too closely blended, one but a continuation of the other. But now I'll come to the library and then they go to the library and then he talks about the books and those that come that some some come like the criminal on the cross you know right at the last moment and they have so much to learn but what it's saying is what we learn here it continues on from where we're at now but we will continue to learn And
interesting. Yesterday, uh, one of my acquaintances came to the funeral, and I wondered what connection she had, why she was here. And so I asked her, did you know the family? Did you know Mathis? She said, no, but when I woke up, the Lord told me to come here and pray. So that's what we're here for, she and her son. She said, we're going there to pray. And that just blends in with what you said. It's a prayer that we didn't even know about. Thank you, Linus, for sharing that. Well, we're going to close with this song. Let's all stand together. We've sang it once before, but it's the song for the day. And uh, then remember, you can come to receive Christ as your Savior or the baptism of the Spirit if you like prayer for healing or whatever. There will be people to pray with you. And then we have the meal. Stay for the meal for fellowship.